visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Okay, you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm back in Phoenix living like it matters. What matters to me today? Well, there's a lot that matters to me today. But uh, certainly we are back here in the studios live. We were, of course, in the city of New Orleans, as they say, instead of New Orleans, as I think it should be pronounced. But uh, New Orleans and had a wonderful time. Great football game. A lot of excitement. The lights went out. But, man, the football game did not stop. It was plenty of action. And it was an historical football game, not only because of just the two brothers on the football field, but just the fact that, you know, you, you, you saw some plays of which I, I think were some of the greatest plays that will go down uh, in the history of the National Football League. Certainly that long touchdown pass was an outstanding touchdown pass, and, and we'll be looking at that on, on, on reels of, of highlights and Super Bowls to come. So uh, I am just so pleased to be back here. Handle your business from the 13th annual player networking event was an outstanding opportunity for us to get the chance to uh, speak with some players, both current and former, who are preparing themselves for that transition after football. And you never know when it's going to happen. That's why you have to be prepared. And I'm just so excited about the fact that the young men are preparing themselves for that opportunity. And it's uh, it's something that sinks up on you many times. But if you're prepared... You're going to be able to handle your business because if you're not prepared, boy, the side, the dark side of things can be uh, extremely difficult and challenging for those out there that uh, find themselves uh, you know, underprepared for that thing that's going to happen. Eventually, it's going to happen to everybody. You're going to have to live a life and sustain your family uh, without playing on the football field. And, and we just had an, an outstanding time there. Uh, so many people joined in. It was good for us to see some of our hosts who were not here in the studio who were able to join us. Uh, Lee Mont Williams from outside the huddle doing a tremendous job down there in Houston, Texas, uh, covering the Texans, uh, also covering the NBA team, the Houston Rockets, and, of course, the baseball team as well. Uh, Lamar Campbell for, from Life After the Game. Uh, by the way, Lamar, <laughs> Lamar was hosted. Um, I'm sorry, yeah, Lamar, uh, who is a host of Life After the Game here on Voice America Sports, was uh, interviewed and a special, uh, there was a special about Lamar and his life and the challenges he's been faced with as one who has um, felt the effects, the long-term effects of, of multiple head trauma, uh, many concussions, and uh, Lamar was uh, in a lot of pain when he was there with us, but took the time out to to join us there at the Player Networking event. And uh, just a tremendous, tremendous uh, affair. Uh, and uh, by the way, if you want to check out Lamar Campbell in Life After the Game, of course you can listen to him here on Voice America, but uh, you can also go out there and uh, maybe on YouTube, perhaps maybe or certainly Google him. And there's just been some very good pieces done by CNN on Lamar, who is a contributing uh corresponding with them on a regular basis but check out uh, the piece they did on him in particular about the concussions and uh, you'll find some very very interesting information uh, that he was able to share with them 
and of course the research that they've done themselves. And and the National Football League is doing a better job. I'm not saying that they've done the best job. I'm saying they've doing they're doing a better job than they've done in the past. Sometimes uh, research takes time in order to find a solution, and so they've got at least they've got into the game of research in trying to provide. Uh, solutions. I, I believe there were some people who may not uh, believe that the Players Association has done the best job they possibly can. They have not. But I, I certainly want to uh, uh, lend my support to them uh, in their efforts to do the best that they can and to get better. They haven't always done the best they could do with the resources that they had. But they certainly now are doing a better job. And I think it's, it's players like my former players like myself and current players who have to hold them accountable. After all, this is sometimes one of the greatest challenges that NFL players have as it relates to handling their business, particularly when they're current players, is they tend to forget that many times with the exception of the teams that they play for, everybody else they write checks for. I want you to hear that again. Other than the teams that they play for, they write checks. So, in other words, if, if you are a member of the union, your dues that come out of your check pays for the employment. You, you are the one who's providing compensation for DeMore Smith and the staff. Those people work for you. So shame on you if you're paying your staff, if these people work for you and you have some issues with them and you won't take it up with them. And so I don't care who it is. If, if, you, if you're a former player and you pay your dues or you've paid your dues, those people still work for us. If you've got a problem with them, you have the right to get them on the phone and they are obligated to give you answers. So it's like Bill Cosby said, we don't we don't have to air our dirty laundry in public. Call them. They work for you. It's different with the league. The league doesn't necessarily work for you. <laughs> it's just the opposite with the league. The league doesn't work for you. You, you. you It's just the opposite. And so you can't necessarily tell the league what to do. But the Players Association, yeah, your voice can make an impact. And so if you feel as if there are some services of which... You're obligated that they, they're obligated to provide for you. If you want them to do a better job, let them know what you want. I'm sure they would care to hear those things. They would like to have some constructive criticism in the right environment. And how do I know that? Because I talk to good, I have good friends up there in that office and I talk to them. I didn't always have good friends in there because I, I was one of those guys I'd call, I'd ask for something. Sometimes I may be calling the wrong division. I may be screaming at the wrong person. I didn't scream. I, my voice is not such that I could scream. But certainly I would. I was inquisitive. So I, I'm calling asking questions. Maybe the wrong questions, but I get some answers. They lead me in some direction. I may have been lost, but they made sure that I found myself and, and they put me, they pointed me in the right direction. So if you, uh, as a former player, have some concerns with the Players Association, call them. But let me do this. I started talking about the player networking event. I kind of got off into something else. I want to go back, and I want to let all those people out there know that there is not a better advocate for players 
that I could think of or I've ever met than Guy Troop and his company, Troop 21. After all, they are the ones who host his company, produces the player networking event. They do all the work. They put all, they put all the time and hard work into it. And they've allowed us here at Voice America to be their, their broadcast partners. And we've enjoyed that relationship. And as a result of that, I've had many guys, and I continue to have many players as a sports channel director who host the show here at Voice America Sports. And that relationship between Guy Troop and Troop 21 and Voice America is what allowed me to do that as I put this plan together to, to work with players so they can bring you a perspective that you wouldn't get from any place else. I mean, there are actually things that go on in the locker room. You know, there are things that happen on the field. Uh, they're behind closed doors meetings where players express themselves and they're, and they're really, they're transparent. They, they really are. When you ever, we had one of those meetings. Uh, Troop 21 hosted one of those meetings because there's going to be a documentary, uh, about player transition, uh, which, uh, Troop 21 is producing and you'll find out a little bit more about that later. Uh, but we went behind some closed doors and guys were able to pour their hearts out and be honest. And, and talk about some things, some challenges, but some success. There is some success that is going on with some players that you would never know. Because for some reason, people in the media don't want to report on good. They, there are good things happening, and the media doesn't want to report on good. I'll tell you some good things happen. The Fitzpollard Foundation, they had a ceremony. And as a result of the... the the efforts of John Wooten and the Fitzpollard Foundation. Diversity is, is strong. It didn't, they didn't do so well this year. And Commissioner Rooney was there. Commissioner Goodell was there. And I'm sorry, Ambassador Rooney was there. The, the owner, of course, of the Pittsburgh Steelers, who's an ambassador for the United States, who was about to, uh, step down from his position that, of course, uh, President Obama, um, Asked him, and he accepted the position uh, of ambassador. Uh, he's going to step down from that position. But he was at the at the ceremony, and, and Commissioner Goodell was there, and, and they they struck out. It was thirteen and zero, zero for thirteen, not not thirteen zero, but zero for thirteen in terms of they had an opportunity to do the best they possibly, well, they had an obligation to do the best they could to try to find a minority that was qualified. And most of the time, those minorities are African-American men to, to be a head coach in the National Football League, and it didn't happen. Didn't happen. So, of course, Mr. Wooten wasn't happy. Of course, that's John Wooten, former NFL player himself, and he's now running that foundation over there at Fitzpollard. And so they were not happy, but they agreed that they would continue to work at it. And there's reasons why they should work at it. There's reasons why they should, because it's evidence is there that when you hire an African-American man to be a general manager or a head coach, since Tony Dungy won the Super Bowl and Ozzie Newsom continues on with that success, an African-American man has either been a head coach or general manager of a team since that happened. So when you hire qualified men, regardless of the color of their skin, but we just want to be included, prove that they're worthy. And I want to congratulate Ozzie Newsom. 
it's, it's, it's not hard for me to congratulate him because he's a former teammate of mine. Uh, but, but on one, I guess on the other, there is another hand. I got two of them. And on the other hand, I feel a little bad only because these things are happening for a team in Baltimore instead of in Cleveland, Ohio. You may know the history. And of course, Ozzie Newsom was a great player for the Cleveland Browns for many years. Uh, Art Modell, the owner of the Cleveland Browns, uh, made Ozzie Newsom the first ever African-American general manager in the National Football League. Ozzie rewarded him with a Super Bowl in 2000. Art Modell's going on to heaven. Ozzie got a chance to give him a going away present. Turned around and gave him his second one. Man, that could have happened for the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> I really wish that would have happened for the Cleveland Browns. And, and, and I'm not going to say it's ironic, but it's just how things happen. 25 years ago, Ozzie Newsome and, of course, uh, Mr. Modell and, and myself were in the Mile High Stadium, and we tried to win the AFC Championship to take us to the Super Bowl so that we could uh, bring home a championship to Cleveland, Ohio, and couldn't make it happen. But as, as life will, it'll do it to you every time. 25 years later, Ozzie Newsome wins his second Super Bowl for Art Modell. So I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy for Ozzy. I'm happy for the Modell family. Uh, I'm happy for those people in Cleveland because we, we, we found solace. You know, we decided to do, we decided to guess what? If you can't beat them, join them. So we latched on and we feel a little piece of victory in knowing that yesterday Ozzy Newsom and Art Modell, even though he's up there in heaven, won their second Super Bowl. And of course, that wasn't yesterday, that was Sunday. But I'm feeling good about that, and I'm feeling good about a lot of other things that I'm going to share with you. Uh, for those of you out there who don't know, and sometimes in Arizona you don't know that, but this is Black History Month. And believe it or not, I'm part of history here at Voice America Sports, and I'm glad to be a part of that history. I want to thank Jeff Spinard, who is the owner uh, here at Voice America, for giving me the opportunity. And we've done something very, very special here, and I'm happy to be the person that is the channel director here of the Sports Channel. Uh, I believe that we're going to have to take a break here pretty soon. I hear some music in my ear. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm at Phoenix living like it matters, and we'll be right back. School to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. 
spies are especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And what does matter to me, as I said earlier, this is uh, the start, or at least my first show uh, in the month of February, which is Black History Month. And I want to congratulate uh, all those folks out there who have taken upon themselves to acknowledge the fact that there is some history out here that is black history, but it's our history. It's the history of this country, and it's just a way for a group of folks who came into this country as slaves and worked very hard to fight for their freedom. And along with some of our good friends that were not African-Americans, we've made this a better United States of America. So black history is United States history. We just looking back on some things that happened in the past. It's been a struggle, but I also want to say this. There was a time where black men were not welcome in the National Football League. And now they are. And it's a great game it is because together... The game is much better than it is when we're apart. So let, let's let's talk a little bit about the game because talking about together, there, there were two brothers, um, and that's Blood Brothers uh, that that coached that football game on Sunday. And I, you know, I, when you stop and you think about two guys coming together to play against one another, and they're, and they're brothers, and one's an older one and one's a younger one, you would automatically think that the older one probably would have some advantage. And it didn't start out that way. And it's almost as if, you know, you know how you play with your little brother sometimes? If you got a little brother, you got a little sister, and you let him get the best of you, you let him get on top of you, you hold him off you and everything, you're laughing with him, <laughs> you know, and they think they got you, and then you're like, wait, okay, wait a second, let me turn this here. Let me, let me flip this script. You know, let me know what's real. Let me let them know what's really going on. Well, it didn't happen like that. It did, the big brother just start beating up on his little brother right out the gate. He started beating up on his little brother right out the gate and everything. And then, you know, what I think I think he punched his little brother too hard. And you know how it is when you punch your little brother a little too hard. Then he started crying and he started fighting you back. And that that's when I watched that football game. That's what it kind of, you know, played out to me like that. Like instead of little brother letting little, you know, big brother, you know, I know. Big brother just started beating up on little brother and, you know, kicking him and hitting him in the head. And he might have hit him low one time. And little brother started crying. Little brother been in San Francisco 49ers and hardball over there. And they like, they, man, they started crying. They got mad. Hit big brother a couple times, staggered him. Knocked the lights out on him. And the next thing you know, big brother said, okay, now, all right, now, I, you know, I'm just playing with you now. I, I can really win this thing. 
And that's how the game ended up. But I'll tell you what, that to me, I, I think it was a very good football game. Everybody's talking about the pass interference call. Listen, let me tell you something. In the National Football League, there are two calls you probably can make just about every play. Holding and perhaps maybe pass interference, either on the offense or the defense. But pass interference, particularly if the receiver is not wide open or if the receiver is coming off the ball. Remember now, the rule is that within five yards, you're able to hit the man. Beyond five yards, you're not supposed to put your hand on a receiver. You know, you, know, you don't have to push him down or, you know, you, you know, just putting your hands. You're not really supposed to put your hands on him, certainly not to disrupt him. And, and that could be called. And then holding. And I, I mean, I mean, offensive holding. Offensive linemen, they, they really do hold on every single play. I want to commend the referees. I, I think there was maybe seven, eight penalties called the entire game. I think the referees got together and they said, listen, we, we are not going to be the ones that determine if this game is won or lost, you know, because of a, a call that's really, you know, let them play. And, and, and ball players, we, we know when they say that and we play the game like that, we don't all of a sudden now expect a call when we haven't been getting that call all game long. If you've been letting us play like that, then okay, we understand we're going to play. And I, I, I do want to give a shout out to my man Herman Edwards that I, you know, this morning kind of explained and at least from his perspective, you know, what he saw happen. That receiver ran into the defender engaged the defender and then tried to escape outside, you know, and when he engaged into the defender, when you got a running quarterback and, and, and a receiver, you know, engages the defensive back, you, you don't know. You might have to grab him because you might be trying to throw him now to escape his block and, and cap could take, cap could be back there. You don't know if cap is dropping back. And then he's, you know, you already know he's going to run, but he's, you know, the whole idea of the play is to deceive you to make you think he's dropping back to pass the ball. So he's going to make it look like he's dropping back to pass the ball. But the play is we know it's a quarterback draw. It could be a, it, for Cap, it could be a five-yard drop, seven-yard drop. It might be a three-step drop, you know, but you, you never know. And the design of the play could be you want to make it look like it's a pass. And so... When the receiver engages the DB, the DB's got to be thinking, oh, he might be trying to block. I need need to grab him so I could throw him away. And so I could see where the DB might be trying to think that because then when he realized it was a pass, his hands came off of him because as as, as the receiver was trying to escape, Crabtree was trying to go to the outside to his right. When he broke away, he didn't hold on to the jersey and pull the jersey. He had... Defensive back actually fell down. So it, anyway, that, that's just one call. And like I said, there's there's so many many calls. But I but I I was really excited about the tenacity of which the Ravens came out with, and then that same tenacity revealed itself with the 49ers. I mean that, that I mean when you when you it's, it's like a, a fight. You know, you're going punch for punch, punch for punch. You know, and and then you're coming back. And you just don't give up. And those are the kind of football games. I mean, the football, the ratings, I think, were down a little bit from, you know, a couple years ago. We didn't have quite as many people watching. Uh, but then again, you didn't have the biggest market team, Baltimore. That, that's one of the smallest market teams in the country. 
and so that that could have a lot to do with that. But but still, it was an outstanding football game. It, it kept you there the entire game. The lad, the game was not over to the last play. We say that all the time. You know, sixty minutes. It's not over till it's over. Skinny ladies are singing nowadays. Not over. But this game actually had to go down to the very last play. And then the game was over. That's what you pay for. That's one thing about the sponsors. I know the sponsors, and I, I ooh, it was a lot of money for a commercial for the Super Bowl. Whoa. People, I, you got to work about five lifetimes to, to get a Super Bowl commercial. But obviously it's worth it. it it's worth it. But I, I'll tell you what. They get the sponsors got their money's worth because I don't care if your if your commercial was at the beginning, in the middle, at the end, first quarter, second quarter, third, fourth, halftime, whatever. People were engaged because the game was still interesting. I might cut that game off. So the advertisers, so for everybody, it was it was good. For the people of New Orleans, they put on an outstanding they, uh, hosting. It was outstanding. It was outstanding. But but the football game itself. You got you. You just gotta love it. Now there seems to be a little bit of controversy in terms of going forward about the Ravens and this football team and how they're gonna if they're gonna pay Joe Flacco. Okay, listen, I, I've got some pundits out there talking about is Joe Flacco an elite quarterback? Is he in the top ten? You know, I don't know why that question is because everybody from from the time I can remember to last last week. You know, it was all about the Super Bowl. You know, shout out to Chris Carter. Finally got my homeboy into the Hall of Fame. But it was always about, okay, you're not elite, you're not real, a real elite quarterback unless you win a Super Bowl. And then they would change it up because, you know, you got Dan Marino, my man Dan. You know, you got, you know, Jim Kelly. You know, you got other guys. You know, do you really have to win a Super Bowl, you know, to be a Hall of Famer or to be considered a great quarterback? And then more recently, you know, you're talking about elite quarterbacks, but, you know, I guess you're not measured by Super Bowls. You know, so I, I think the definition about elite, we need to find another word. I want a winner. I don't care if he's elite or not. Just Al Davis said, just win, baby. The bottom line is win the Super Bowl. That's what the goal of every player to ever play the game is about is winning the Super Bowl. So if you ask me today, who's the best quarterback? In the NFL, it's like it's like boxing. If you win the championship, you're the champ. So until somebody else beats you, you're the best. So right now, come on, the Baltimore Ravens are the world champs. So everybody on that field, you know, they're the champs. They're the best. Their defense is the best. Their offense is the best. Their special teams are the best. Their coach is the best. Their organization is the best. They're the world champs. You know, you can say what you want to say. They're the world champ. They're going to get the ring. For this year, they're the world champs. It's, it's just one year. That's all it is. It's just one year. For one year in the National Football League, they were the best team. Now, people always go with that thing again. The best team didn't win. No, I'm sorry. When the game was over, the score said they won. They had more points than the other team. They won. Joe Flacco now. It just so happens that it's contract time. Now, this is a man, there have been many people, including myself, who have rolled the dice. Except I didn't roll the dice. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to keep it real here because, see, we can do that on Voice America Sports. I asked for my money the year before. In my last year of my contract, I asked for my money then. 
Extend my contract. Give me some more money now. They didn't do it. I got hurt, you know, and so then the next year they let me go. Joe Flacco rolled the dice. Shout out to my man Byron Evans. There's some guys who who try to do that, and and, and Byron knows Byron, some injuries. I don't know if Byron rolled the dice or if he tried to get his money, but I know in his last year of his contract, same thing happened. That happens to a lot of people. Joe Flacco, he can be creative with his contract, but he needs to get the maximum amount of money you can get. That's all I'm saying, because when it's over, it's over. I'm telling you, you may get your pension money, but you ain't getting no other money. Now, it ain't about, it's not about greed. People should stop saying that. Because I know very few people, I don't care what kind of job you work, what your profession is, very few people go to the negotiation table and they're, you know, finalizing their deal. You walk into a job, I don't care if you're an hourly, you know, pay worker or if you're signing for a salary. You go in and you're negotiating your salary. You didn't, I mean, you like to know what's the minimum if you're an hourly pay wage. You don't want the minimum. You like to get the maximum. I think every individual that goes to work, when they sit down, their goal is to get the maximum amount of money they could get for their family. Now, understand, it's not a one-man crew. It's not a business that I know of that one man, one woman does the entire job. But when you sit down and negotiate your contract, you don't take in consideration, you know, well, man, you know what, bro, if you give me this, then... Milk and, milk and cheese, milk and honey, they ain't going to be able to get no, no don't, don't give me that much. Let them get a little bit more so they can get some milk and honey. It don't work like that. I said it that way. It don't work like that. Exactly. Let Joe Flacco get his money. You can be creative with his contract, but the man deserves his money. Is he elite? He's got a Super Bowl ring. Aaron Rodgers got a Super Bowl ring, got elite money. Peyton Manning got a Super Bowl ring, got elite money. Tom Brady got a Super Bowl ring, got to leave money. These other young guys that you say may be better than them, do you not understand RG3 just got hurt? RG3 may not make it back. We don't know. That's damaged goods right now. Joe Flacco just won a Super Bowl. So I'm for Joe Flacco getting his money. Be creative in the way you structure that deal. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to talk about a beast. A beast show up on game day. A beast don't hide. You know where the beast is at. It ain't about the beauty. It's about the beast on game day. Get it done. Eat him up. Get your money. Anquan Bowden, beast. Get a man his money. Be creative with the contract. Find a way. Flacco needs his receivers. I agree with that. He can't run and catch, throw the ball and do it all. He got to hand it off and throw it to some other people a lot of times. But one of them needs to be Anquan Bowden. Guess what? got another frat brother on the other side who needs to be catching the ball with him too i'm not sure but i may have to take a break here again every time i want to talk about something real serious i got to take a break but i'm gonna talk to you about beast money beast money pay on kwan pay pay kwan i'm gonna take a break listen to rail sports on the voice america network i'm in phoenix living like it matters i'll be right back Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
so Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. We're back. This is the Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. What matters to me is that, yes, a number of people watched the football game, enjoyed themselves. Some were happy, some were sad, but they watched and they enjoyed it. And they watched players play the game of football. They watched the players entertain them. The owners put on a great show. Shout out to Beyonce and Jay-Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jay-Z supported his wife. They got it. Man, it was just off the chain. Everything about the Super Bowl was just outstanding. Like Roger Goodell said, the Super Bowl, the NFL, when they do it, they do it big. Everything about the NFL, if you're going to do it, you got to do it big. If you can't do it, this is big boy ball. This is not, Pop Warner is little boy ball. High school, junior high school, that's little boy ball. This is big boy ball. If the NFL is going to do it, it's got to be big boy ball. Don't show up. If you want some little stuff, some junior league stuff, Pop Warner stuff, you can get that someplace else. This is, this is the National Football League, big boy ball. That's how they do it. And big boys, big boys are beast. Anquan Bolden, beast. Now, here, here, here's a problem I have. There are some people out there on some of the other shows that I've listened to and I've heard that they feel that perhaps maybe, there's some people out there, I believe, uh, you know, LeBron James did it. A couple other people did it. I think Tom Brady may have done it. Uh, they compromised the amount of money they could have received for the sake, if you will, of restructuring the contract to accommodate some other people, you know, staying on the team. Now, I don't have a problem with restructuring but there's a reason why they call it a maximum. Because that's all they can pay you. But there are very few people that 
have the, the ability and the potential to sit down at the table with an owner knowing that you're going to get paid the maximum. So in other words, I'm trying to say to you that there are only a few people that can get paid the maximum on a football team. Only a few people in the NBA who are going to get paid the max. You don't, LeBron James does not need to take an agent into his contract negotiations. Kobe Bryant in his last contract did not need to take an agent into his contract negotiations. Dwayne Wade did not need to take an agent into his contract negotiations. Tom Brady did not need to take an agent into his contract negotiations. Aaron Rodgers didn't need to take an agent into his last contract negotiation. Why? Because we knew they were deserving of the maximum. Why? Because, well, LeBron James was just the best in the game. Had not won a championship yet, but was the best in the game. It was a flip, a coin flip at that time between him and Kobe. I'm not going to say Dwayne Wade was there. Dwayne Wade was a, is an outstanding player. We'll go down as one of the greatest players. We'll be a Hall of Famer. But LeBron James, Kobe Bryant at that time a few years ago were the greatest, the best in the game. Kobe was, we can use that term, and I'm going to stop using that term good when it comes to athletes because what they, basketball, good, you're good, you're good. You're very, very good. But things we do after sports are, are the great things. That's that Jim Collins. I got a little bit from good to great. But let me just say this. Right now, they got a situation. And that's, that situation, of course, is, is in Baltimore. And everybody's wondering if, if Joe should be paid the big money. But part of the concern is that there's some other people there. Jacoby Jones, Anquan Bowden, those two for sure, Ed Reed. If, if it just so happens that if they don't get a contract done with Joe and they franchise him, then that's, that, that somehow or another, that franchising takes up more money towards the contract and the cap than if you go with the contract, the long-term extended contract. So the question is, you know, should Joe get a long-term extended contract for the maximum? Now, the only thing that could happen to Joe, and Joe would not want to, I'm telling you, Joe, it would be foolish for him to do this. You know, the only thing that could happen to Joe is, and, th and think about this. Let's say you were RG3, and you were coming out of college, and the last game of the season that you played in, you got the kind of injury that you did in the last game of the season you played in, in pros. Of course, the Washington Redskins is a playoff game. You saw what happened. Okay, so now, what do you think would happen when you, when, they, when they went to negotiate with you? Do you think they would give you the maximum of money? No, because you're injured. You're hurt. Okay, so let's fast forward to Joe Flacco. Joe, Joe went ahead and played out his contract. And so now the contract's to the point where they're ready to negotiate. And the owners could put a franchise tag on him. And he would get top five money, maybe top three money for one year. Suppose he got hurt in that one year, like RG3 got hurt. And then next year they want to negotiate with him. Well, he's injured. They don't even know if he can make it. They don't know what's going No. Strike the iron when it's hot. You got to get it now. That's just the way this game works. That's how this business works. See, that's the problem that sometimes people who are not, a part of the game, 
closely connected, intertwined, got contracts. Sometimes those people don't understand, and they look at it like everyday business. And it, it's not, it's, it's very, very cutthroat. I hate to say that, but that's the truth. And so when your time, when it presents, when the time presents itself, you have to do what you can. So right now, Anquan Bowden and Joe Flacco and Jacoby Jones, they all, what they've all done is they've, they've done the best. They played the best football at the best time of their lives. The only thing about it, Anquan's a little older. Jacoby isn't quite as old, but certainly Joe Flacco is, if, if there couldn't be a better picture painted for him. Because even though, and here's the thing that I like about Joe's situation better than everybody else's, because all these people that they're talking about that perhaps maybe are better than him, everybody's throwing seven other quarterbacks up there, possibly better than him. He might be in the top ten. Okay, those guys are still playing now, and they played this past season, and he won the Super Bowl. So if that's the case, if they're playing now, and he won the Super Bowl. What makes you think they're going to be so much better? Now, you got two or three young guys, okay? So you think they're going to get better as time goes on. What do you think? You think Joe Flacco's going to get worse? The only thing about it, possibly, listen, Joe can throw the ball. His problem is not that he can't throw the ball. And he makes good decisions with the ball. He's accurate as well. He doesn't have capability, but he, he knows how to maneuver himself in the pocket. You know, he doesn't, have, he, well, let me just say this. He, he's not a very mobile quarterback, but he's able to buy time in that pocket, and he's got a big arm. So when you take that and his football IQ, the man is, is, is intelligent when it comes to the game. He knows the game extremely well. And, and he has a sense of confidence in himself and saying, what, they ask him the question, what do you expect in, if, if you get a, a person that plays a professional sport and you ask that person, are they the best in the game at their position? And they say, no, cut them. I don't care who it is. I, I, I just don't care. You know, the bottom line is you're supposed to feel that you're better than the next person. If you don't think you got to go, if you don't take that feel with that confidence that you don't care who they line up in front of you, he's not better than you. If you don't line up with the confidence that I don't care who they bring to take my position, he's not going to get it. Then they need to cut you because mentally you're weak. You're not in the right frame of mind. You can't play that game when you feel there's somebody over there on the other side of the ball that's better than you are. You're scared. Don't be scared. Not, you can't play football scared. Joe said, no, of course I'm the best. Who's better than me? I'm not going to sit up here. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell the world that oh, yeah, I think Tom Brady's better than I am. Oh, I, I, I think, uh, you know, I think RG3 is better than I am. No, no. Give me the ball. Let me play. Line my team up. We can beat anybody. And Joe did that. And so because Joe did that, at this time, Joe's got to get paid. Now, as I said, you can be creative with these contracts. But you just saw the game that Jacoby, for the first time ever in my life, I'm going to tell you, that i got to be honest with this. I thought three people should have stood on the stand and held up the trophy as the most valuable player. All three of those guys were the most valuable player this game yesterday. Jacoby, I, I, I haven't seen anybody catch a touchdown pass. I mean, come, he, he, he threw some playground. But he took it back to the playground. When he caught the ball, fell on the ground, got up, whoop, whoop, whoop spin on the gone. That's some playground stuff. You're not allowed to do playground stuff in the National Football League. That was video game stuff. Really? 
in the National Football League, you can really do video game stuff. See, that's what I'm, that's some Barry, since Barry Sanders, you know, that, that was some, that's some Barry Sanders kind of stuff right there, a receiver doing it. And then, and then to, to come out after halftime and just take it to the house. And of course, that Omega Sci-Fi, Roo, cute dog, Ray, man, he gave it up to Ray Ray too. Did the whole cute dog thing on behalf of his frat brother. Now, listen, you can't, and then Anquan, see, you know what people don't understand about Anquan? Anquan's a grown-ass man playing football. And you got some, some little young dudes, and, and, and he's like, are you serious? You better get out. He catch a ball, turn around, look at you like, really? Man, you better get, and I ain't allowed to cuss on here. But that's what, you know what Quan be looking at? Like, come on, man. Don't, not today. You better get, I got, I'm trying to get my money. And he gets his money. It's like you trying to take the ball. They threw the, Anquan was like, they threw that ball to me. What in the, okay, I can say hell. What the hell you jumping for? They threw this, they threw it to me. Get, just don't even try. That's what you need on your team. These people right here is what ma- they do make the Baltimore Ravens. This makeup here. The, 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 this trio of people here, they won the Super Bowl. They, those three were the most valuable. They were the try. This should have been a try most valuable player yesterday. Never in the history have I ever seen three people making. See, that's the thing about what makes Anquan a beast is Beast Boy shows up and they play Beast Boy ball in big games. See, Randy Moss, I'm disappointed. Randy, you can't play that kind of ball in no Super Bowl. You got to play beast ball in the Super Bowl. They tackled you on the sideline, and you was like, you you were like, really? You was like, they they going to hit me, Randy, on the sideline? You Have you seen Adrian Peterson when somebody tried to tackle him on the sideline? You're supposed to throw him? Come on, Randy. That, that just wasn't right. You You just said the week before you were the greatest receiver to ever play the game. And a DB going to try to tackle you on the sideline, you ain't trying to get him out your face because you're trying to get an extra yard because this is the Super Bowl. You you want to, man, Ricky Waters, when he did it, I respected Ricky for what he did. It wasn't the Super Bowl. This is the Super Bowl. Ain't supposed to be for who for what in the Super Bowl. You're supposed to jump up, give your body up for the for that. For that. That's for the ring. It was ring day. Ain't no other day that's ring day. Super Bowl is ring day. Randy, you supposed to cl- close it out like Ray Ray. Ray finna go out on top. You could have did it like that. You could have. He threw the ball was a little high. That gave you a chance to make a great one of the greatest catches in the history of the Super Bowl. Come on, Randy Jerry would have did that, and I was for you. Chris Carter would have did that. Chris would have went up, pulled that thing down. We'd be watching that highlight from now. We'd be watching that highlight fifty years later. If that if that was Chris Carter ran that pattern, and guess what? Well, Chris would have did it. He'd have pulled it down with one of them big old hands, reached up there, grabbed it. That's how they do at the Ohio State University. That's what Chris would have done. That's Beast Boy ball. You got to have, when you, if you're if you a dog at wide receiver, you got to have a beast attitude. That's why Anquan, they're going to find a way to keep that team together. They're going to find a way. I think I got a couple more seconds here, a couple more minutes. I got a couple more seconds. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America now. I'm into this thing. Because, see, this is how you got to be like this when you're talking about the Super Bowl. Because the Super Bowl is it's beast ball, baby. <laughs> we be right back. Beast ball.
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Form. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Form or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All righty. This is the Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And uh, there's a couple things that I want to talk about. And and then, of course, we're going to end this great show. Um and it's, it's been a great show because I got a chance to to rant about some people that I I just admire so much for the way they approach the game, not because of me on the show. You know, it, it's great that you can see people giving their all, and you got some people that sometimes that don't give their all. And when you don't, get, it's, it's very obvious when a player is giving his all on the football field. And you know, Randy Moss has been known sometimes not to give his all, and there's other times where you know Randy would go all out, but. I think yesterday Randy compromised himself and the team. Now, could that have made a difference? Yeah, I think it could have made a difference on that particular play because, first of all, Cat wouldn't have thrown an interception. And, and he that's the first interception by a San Francisco quarterback in the, in the Super Bowl in five times they've been there. And, it's, it's, and uh, they've been there five times before. It's six, so that would be the sixth time um, that they have been there. And that was the first time a 49er quarterback had thrown an interception. But if nothing else, he could have tipped the ball and perhaps maybe it wouldn't have been so easy for Ed Reed to catch the ball. Uh, and that's, um, you know, psychologically that does have an effect on a quarterback anytime he throws an interception. But um, let me just change a little bit. And I, I just, I, there's two things I want to talk about. I want to talk about primetime Dion. And then I want to also talk about, I want to talk about a little bit about ha- Hakeem Noah and basketball. And, and and he was asked to go to the locker room to change his outfit because his outfit wasn't up to the dress code and standards of the NBA. And I, I want to give a shout out to Allen Iverson and because for a lot of different reasons, I think Allen may be the reason why uh, they changed and they implemented a dress code. 
because Allen Iverson was of a generation of the hip hip hop generation. I'm you know even though I'm 53 years old, you know when hip hop first started, I was a you know a younger man, a young man, and I was enjoying myself, and and so that's kind of how we dressed back then. I didn't wear my pants all low and all that kind of stuff, but still the hip hop I was very much aware and involved in enjoying that. But I, I would just say that that culture, and it's just a generation, that's all it is. It's the generation. Sometimes we, as, as adults, sometimes we might take things a little bit too far. And sometimes we might read into things. I understand that people have to be examples and, and they have to be role models. But I think that young man is a pretty good young man. I, I happen to like him a lot. And, and I think he sets a good example. He has good intentions. And he had no intention to try to offend anybody with, with what he wore. I think sometimes a rule is a rule. But then I think there is, you know, like the past interference, the game, you know, there is, you know, a little bit of leeway and flexibility in the interpretation of what's the intent. And his intent was, I don't believe, to draw attention to himself. And, and so, therefore, and I think his, I don't think his intent was, to, you know, to be rebellious. And then they're not going to tell me how to dress. Because if that was the case, when he went in the locker room, he wouldn't have came back out with, with a different outfit on. I think it might have just been a matter of, you know, this is what I want to wear. And presently, this was more a little bit more convenient, you know, because the suit, well, he had a suit, obviously. But, again, I understand David Stern and the NBA. I understand what they're trying to do. But this generation, this this generation of people, they 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 are very very much a part of the success of the NBA. And I and I want to shout out to Allen Iverson because sometimes when people you know make a stand with who they are, it allows us to kind of think outside the box and ex the acceptance of all people. But of all people are going to look the same, dress the same, act the same. It's almost like they say, if everybody's thinking the same way, then nobody's thinking. And so I just, you know, let's just be a little bit careful about that. I, but I, I I like the suits. Don't get me wrong. Because, I, you know, basketball players, they tall. They look like, you know, come on, they look like mannequins. They, they, they stuff flow on them the way they do. Shout out to Boyds in Philadelphia. Okay? Like, like they just step right out of Boyds. And step right out of GQ magazine. So I don't think the intent by Yannick Noah was to draw that kind of attention to where he wasn't, you know, somewhat embarrassed, but, but came back and did the right thing. Now, let me go back. Let me go to prime time to Dion. And I haven't read it all. And so perhaps maybe I might be, you know, I'm, I, I, I should read all of the information. I should read the entire article. But I was told, and I just got a glimpse, that, that Dion perhaps maybe thinks that not everybody who's out there that's a part of these concussion suits, you know, has really, you know, well, let me just say this. Let me go back and say it this way. He said that people are looking, there's some people looking for a paycheck. And I, you know, I find that so somewhat surprising uh, that Dion would say that, uh, particularly with the fact that there there have been at least two, three, four guys that I know that have taken their lives, 
as a result of scientific proof that they suffered from long-term effects of head trauma, lingering effects of concussions, and CTE. I would be a little bit more respectful if I didn't know that these individuals who are part of this lawsuit, if I didn't know their history, just as I said, I can't, I can't really speak to everything Deion said because I didn't read everything. But certainly to say that somebody's looking for a paycheck and you don't know, then I don't think you should say that. And maybe he's not speaking to everybody. Maybe he might be speaking to some people. But the fact of the matter is, there is a law out there, and le- this is something that's happening in the court of law. And in the court of law, the court of law will decide who qualifies and who doesn't qualify. And if anybody qualifies, I think they're deserving of whatever they're awarded. If they don't qualify, then they don't get it. It's no different than a few other things. Just because it becomes money, there's a lot of times people line up and they get in line and they find out, hey, man, do you, do you man, I don't know, get in line, find out. You, you, you ever did that before? What they giving away? What they got? What you going to do? I, man, get in line, find out, go on in there, tell you. Go in there and see. Check it out and see. Anybody, I'm telling you, anybody who ever stepped on the football field and you ever got rocked one time, and all of a sudden, you don't know where you at, what hit you, how it hit you. I can tell you, I got rocked one time in Chicago. I got rocked in my, so bad, I went to the sideline cussing the special teams coach out for the simple reason is the man that hit me wasn't the man that they, not, not according to the way we planned, that wasn't the man that was supposed to hit me. Somebody else was supposed to hit me. So all I'm asking you, Prime, and I respect you, one of the greatest to ever play the game, probably the greatest corner, you know, to play the game. I got a lot of love for my boy Frank Minifield and Hanford Dixon. Certainly, they're the best tandem. But, you know, these are members of your fraternity. And and I, I just think that you should be for them rather than speak against them. And I'm not sure, like I said, I got some more research to do. And I'm going I'm to look at the entire quote. But to say guys line up to get a paycheck, that's a little disrespectful, Prime. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that that's the way you want to put it out there. You might want to rethink that. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, handling my business. You make sure you handle yours. It's Black History Month. Don't forget it. Respect one another. Black and white, we can all get along. I'll be back. I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 
visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Okay, you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm back in Phoenix living like it matters. What matters to me today? Well, there's a lot that matters to me today. But uh, certainly we are back here in the studios live. We were, of course, in the city of New Orleans, as they say, instead of New Orleans, as I think it should be pronounced. But uh, New Orleans and had a wonderful time. Great football game. A lot of excitement. The lights went out. But, man, the football game did not stop. It was plenty of action. And it was an historical football game, not only because of just the two brothers on the football field, but just the fact that, you know, you, you, you saw some plays of which I, I think were some of the greatest plays that will go down uh, in the history of the National Football League. Certainly that long touchdown pass was an outstanding touchdown pass, and, and we'll be looking at that on, on, on reels of, of highlights and Super Bowls to come. So uh, I am just so pleased to be back here. Handle your business from the 13th annual player networking event was an outstanding opportunity for us to get the chance to uh, speak with some players, both current and former, who are preparing themselves for that transition after football. And you never know when it's going to happen. That's why you have to be prepared. And I'm just so excited about the fact that the young men are preparing themselves for that opportunity. And it's uh, it's something that sinks up on you many times. But if you're prepared... You're going to be able to handle your business because if you're not prepared, boy, the side, the dark side of things can be uh, extremely difficult and challenging for those out there that uh, find themselves uh, you know, underprepared for that thing that's going to happen. Eventually, it's going to happen to everybody. You're going to have to live a life and sustain your family uh, without playing on the football field. And, and we just had an, an outstanding time there. Uh, so many people joined in. It was good for us to see some of our hosts who are not here in the studio who were able to join us. Uh, Lee Mon Williams from Outside the Huddle doing a tremendous job down there in Houston, Texas, uh, covering the Texans, uh, also covering the NBA team, the Houston Rockets, and, of course, the baseball team as well. Uh, Lamar Campbell for, from Life After the Game. Uh, by the way, Lamar, <laughs> Lamar was hosted. Um, I'm sorry, yeah, Lamar, uh, who is a host of Life After the Game here on Voice America Sports, was uh, interviewed and a special, uh, there was a special about Lamar and his life and the challenges he's been faced with as one who has um, felt the effects, the long-term effects of, of multiple head trauma, uh, many concussions, and uh, Lamar was uh, in a lot of pain when he was there with us, but took the time out to to join us there at the player networking event and uh, just a tremendous, tremendous uh, affair. Uh, and uh, by the way, if you want to check out Lamar Campbell in life after the game, of course you can listen to him here on voice America, but uh, you can also go out there and uh, maybe on YouTube, perhaps maybe or certainly Google him. And there's just been some very good pieces done by CNN on Lamar, who is a contributing uh corresponding with them on a regular basis but check out uh, the piece they did on him in particular about the concussions and uh, you'll find some very very interesting information uh, that he was able to share with them 
and of course the research that they've done themselves. And and the National Football League is doing a better job. I'm not saying that they've done the best job. I'm saying they've doing they're doing a better job than they've done in the past. Sometimes uh, research takes time in order to find a solution, and so they've got at least they've got into the game of research in trying to provide uh, solutions. I, I believe there were some people who may not. I uh, believe that the Players Association has done the best job they possibly can. They have not. But I, I certainly want to uh, uh, lend my support to them uh, in their efforts to do the best that they can and to get better. They haven't always done the best they could do with the resources that they had. But they certainly now are doing a better job. And I think it's, it's players like my former players like myself and current players who have to hold them accountable after all, this is sometimes one of the greatest challenges that NFL players have as it relates to handling their business, particularly when they're current players, is they tend to forget that many times with the exception of the teams that they play for, everybody else they write checks for. I want you to hear that again. Other than the teams that they play for. They write checks. So, in other words, if, if you are a member of the union, your dues that come out of your check pays for the employment. You, you are the one who's providing compensation for DeMore Smith and the staff. Those people work for you. So, shame on you if you're paying your staff, if these people work for you, and you have some issues with them and you won't take it up with them. And so I don't care who it is. If, if, you, if you're a former player and you pay your dues or you've paid your dues, those people still work for us. If you've got a problem with them, you have the right to get them on the phone and they are obligated to give you answers. So it's like Bill Cosby said, we don't, we don't have to air our dirty laundry in public. Call them. They work for you. It's different with the league. The league doesn't necessarily work for you. <laughs> it's just the opposite with the league. The league doesn't work for you. You, you, you. It's just the opposite. And so you can't necessarily tell the league what to do. But the Players Association, yeah, your voice can make an impact. And so if you feel as if there are some services of which you're obligated, that they, they're obligated to provide for you, if you want them to do a better job, let them know what you want. I'm sure they would care to hear those things. They would like to have some constructive criticism in the right environment. And how do I know that? Because I talk to good, I have good friends up there in that office. And I talk to them. I didn't always have good friends in there because I, I was one of those guys. I'd call, I'd ask for something. Sometimes I may be calling the wrong division. I may be screaming at the wrong person. I didn't scream. I, my voice is not such that I could scream. But certainly I would, I was inquisitive. So I'm calling asking questions. Maybe the wrong questions, but I get some answers. They lead me in some direction. I may have been lost, but they made sure that I found myself and, and they put me, they pointed me in the right direction. So if you, uh, as a former player, have some concerns with the Players Association, call them. But let me do this. I started talking about the player networking event. I kind of got off into something else. I want to go back. And I want to let all those people out there know that there is not a better advocate for players 
that I could think of or I've ever met than Guy Troop and his company, Troop 21. After all, they are the ones who host his company, produces the player networking event. They do all the work. They put all, they put all the time and hard work into it. And they've allowed us here at Voice America to be their, their broadcast partners. And we've enjoyed that relationship. And as a result of that, I've had many guys, and I continue to have many players as a sports channel director who host the show here at Voice America Sports. And that relationship between Guy Troop and Troop 21 and Voice America is what allowed me to do that as I put this plan together to, to work with players so they can bring you a perspective that you wouldn't get from any place else. I mean, there are actually things that go on in the locker room. You know, there are things that happen on the field. Uh, they're behind closed doors meetings where players express themselves and they're, and they're really, they're transparent. They, they really are. When you ever, we had one of those meetings. Uh, Troop 21 hosted one of those meetings because there's going to be a documentary uh, about player transition, uh, which uh, Troop 21 is producing, and you'll find out a little bit more about that later. Uh, but we went behind some closed doors, and guys were able to pour their hearts out and be honest and, and talk about some things, some challenges, but some success. There is some success that is going on with some players that you would never know. Because for some reason, people in the media don't want to report on good. They, there are good things happening, and the media doesn't want to report on good. I'll tell you some good things happened. The Fitzpollard Foundation, they had a ceremony. And as a result of the, the, the efforts of John Wooten and the Fitzpollard Foundation, diversity is, is strong. It didn't, they didn't do so well this year. And Commissioner Rooney was there. Commissioner Goodell was there. And I'm sorry, Ambassador Rooney was there. The, the owner, of course, of the Pittsburgh Steelers, who's an ambassador for the United States, who was about to, uh, step down from his position that, of course, uh, President Obama, um, asked him and he accepted the position, uh, of ambassador. Uh, he's going to step down from that position, but he was at the, at the ceremony, and, and Commissioner Goodell was there, and, and they, they struck out. It was 13-0, and 0, 0 for 13. Not 13-0, not but 0 for 13 in terms of they had an opportunity to do the best they possibly could. Well, they had an obligation to do the best they could to try to find a minority that was qualified. And most of the time, those minorities are African-American men to, to be a head coach in the National Football League, and it didn't happen. Didn't happen. So, of course, Mr. Wooten wasn't happy. Of course, that's John Wooten, former NFL player himself, and he's now running that foundation over there at Fitzpollard. And so they were not happy, but they agreed that they would continue to work at it. And there's reasons why they should work at it. There's reasons why they should, because it's evidence is there that when you hire an African-American Man, to be a general manager or a head coach. Since Tony Dungy won the Super Bowl and Ozzie Newsom continues on with that success, an African-American man has either been a head coach or general manager of a team since that happened. So when you hire qualified men, regardless of the color of their skin, but we just want to be included, prove that they're worthy. And I want to congratulate Ozzie Newsom. 
it's 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 not hard for me to congratulate him because he's a former teammate of mine. Uh, but but on one, I guess on the other, there is another hand. I got two of them. And on the other hand, I feel a little bad, only because these things are happening for a team in Baltimore instead of in Cleveland, Ohio. You may know the history, and of course, Ozzie Newsom was a great player for the Cleveland Browns for many years. Uh, Art Modell, the owner of the Cleveland Browns, uh, made Ozzie Newsom the first ever African-American general manager in the National Football League. Ozzie rewarded him with a Super Bowl in 2000. Art Modell's going on to heaven. Ozzie got a chance to give him a going-away present. Turned around and gave him his second one. Man, that could have happened for the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> I really wish that would have happened for the Cleveland Browns. And, and, and I'm not going to say it's ironic, but it's just how things happen. 25 years ago, Ozzie Newsom and, of course, uh, Mr. Modell and, and myself were in the Mile High Stadium, and we tried to win the AFC Championship to take us to the Super Bowl so that we could uh, bring home a championship to Cleveland, Ohio, and couldn't make it happen. But as, as life will, it'll do it to you every time. 25 years later, Ozzie Newsom wins his second Super Bowl for Art Modell. So I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy for Ozzy. I'm happy for the Modell family. Uh, I'm happy for those people in Cleveland because we, we, we found solace. You know, we decided to do, we decided to guess what? If you can't beat them, join them. So we latched on and we feel a little piece of victory. And knowing that yesterday Ozzy Newsom and Art Modell, even though he's up there in heaven, won their second Super Bowl. And of course that wasn't yesterday, that was Sunday. But I'm feeling good about that, and I'm feeling good about a lot of other things that I'm going to share with you. Uh, for those of you out there who don't know, and sometimes in Arizona you don't know that, but this is Black History Month. And believe it or not, I'm part of history here at Voice America Sports. And I'm glad to be a part of that history. I want to thank Jeff Spinard, who is the owner uh, here at Voice America, for giving me the opportunity. And we've done something very, very special here, and I'm happy to be the person that is the channel director here of the Sports Channel. Uh, I believe that we're going to have to take a break here pretty soon. I hear some music in my ear. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm at Phoenix living like it matters, and we'll be right back. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. 
despise her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And what does matter to me, as I said earlier, this is uh, the start, or at least my first show, uh, in the month of February, which is Black History Month. And I want to congratulate uh, all those folks out there who have taken upon themselves to acknowledge the fact that there is some history out here that is black history, but it's our history. It's the history of this country, and it's just a way for a group of folks who came into this country as slaves and worked very hard to fight for their freedom. And along with some of our good friends that were not African-Americans, we've made this a better United States of America. So black history is United States history. We're just looking back on some things that happened in the past. It's been a struggle, but I also want to say this. There was a time where black men were not welcome in the National Football League, and now they are. And it's a great game it is because together... The game is much better than it is when we're apart. So let, let's, let's talk a little bit about the game because talking about together, there, there were two brothers, um, and that's blood brothers, uh, that, that coached that football game on Sunday. And I, you know, I, when you stop and you think about two guys coming together to play against one another and they're, and they're brothers, and one's an older one and one's a younger one, you would automatically think that the older one probably would have some advantage. And, it didn't start out that way. And it's almost as if, you know, you know how you play with your little brother sometimes? If you got a little brother, you got a little sister, and you let him get the best, you let him get on top of you, you hold him off you and everything, you're laughing with <laughs> you know, and they think they got you, and then you're like, wait, okay, wait a second, let me turn this here. Let me, let me flip this script. You know, let me know what's real. Let me let them know what's really going on. Well, it didn't happen like that. It did, the big brother just started beating up on his little brother right out the gate. He started beating up on his little brother right out the gate and everything. And then you know what I think? I think he punched his little brother too hard. And you know how it is when you punch your little brother a little too hard. Then he started crying and he started fighting you back. And that that's when I watched that football game. That's what it kind of, you know, played out to me like that. Like instead of little brother letting little, you know, big brother, you know, I know. Big brother just started beating up on little brother and, you know, kicking him and hitting him in the head. And he might have hit him low one time. And little brother started crying. Little brother been in San Francisco 49ers and hardball over there. And they like, they, man, they started crying. They got mad. Hit big brother a couple times, staggered him. Knocked the lights out on him. And the next thing you know, big brother said, okay, now, all right, now, I, you know, I'm just playing with you now. I, I can really win this thing. 
And that's how the game ended up. But I'll tell you what, that to me, I, I think it was a very good football game. Everybody's talking about the pass interference call. Listen, let me tell you something. In the National Football League, there are two calls you probably can make just about every play. Holding and perhaps maybe pass interference, either on the offense or the defense. But pass defense, particularly if the receiver is not wide open or if the receiver is coming off the ball. Remember now, the rule is that within five yards, you're able to hit the man. Beyond five yards, you're not supposed to put your hand on a receiver. You know, you, know, you don't have to push him down or, you know, you, you know, just putting your hands. You're not really supposed to put your hands on him, certainly not to disrupt him. And, and that could be called. And then holding. And I, I mean, I mean, offensive holding. Offensive linemen, they, they really do hold on every single play. I want to commend the referees. I, I think there was maybe seven, eight penalties called the entire game. I think the referees got together and they said, listen, we, we are not going to be the ones that determine if this game is won or lost, you know, because of a, a call that's really, you know, let them play. And, and, and ball players, we, we know when they say that and we play the game like that, we don't all of a sudden now expect a call when we haven't been getting that call all game long. If you've been letting us play like that, then, okay, we understand we're going to play. And I, I, I do want to give a shout out to my man Herman Edwards that I, you know, this morning kind of explained, and at least from his perspective, you know, what he saw happen. That receiver ran into the defender engaged the defender and then tried to escape outside, you know, and when he engaged into the defender, when you got a running quarterback and, and, and a receiver, you know, engages the defensive back, you, you don't know. You might have to grab him because you might be trying to throw him now to escape his block and, and cap could take, cap could be back there. You don't know if cap is dropping back. And then he's, you know, you already know he's going to run, but he's, you know, the whole idea of the play is to deceive you to make you think he's dropping back to pass the ball. So he's going to make it look like he's dropping back to pass the ball. But the play is we know it's a quarterback draw. It could be a it, for cap. It could be a five yard drop, seven yard drop. It might be a three step drop, you know, but you, you never know. And the design of the play could be you want to make it look like it's a pass. And so. When the receiver engages the DB, the DB's got to be thinking, oh, he might be trying to block. I need to grab him so I could throw him away. And so I could see where the DB might be trying to think that because then when he realized it was a pass, his hands came off of him because as, as, as the receiver was trying to escape, Crabtree was trying to go to the outside to his right. When he broke away, he didn't hold on to the jersey and pull the jersey. He had... Defensive back actually fell down. So it, anyway, that, that's just one call. Like I said, there's there's so many many calls. But I but I I was really excited about the tenacity of which the Ravens came out with, and then that same tenacity revealed itself with the 49ers. I mean that, that I mean when you when you it's, it's like a, a fight. You know, you go and punch for punch, punch for punch. You know, and and then you're coming back. And you just don't give up. And those are the kind of football games. I mean, the football, the ratings, I think, were down a little bit from, you know, a couple years ago. We didn't have quite as many people watching. Uh, but then again, you didn't have the biggest market team, Baltimore. That, that's one of the smallest market teams in the country. 
and so that that could have a lot to do with that. But but still, it was an outstanding football game. It, it kept you there the entire game. The lad, the game was not over to the last play. We say that all the time. You know, sixty minutes. It's not over till it's over. Skinny ladies are singing nowadays. Not over. But this game actually had to go down to the very last play. And then the game was over. That's what you pay for. That's one thing about the sponsors. I know the sponsors, and I, ooh, it was a lot of money for a commercial for the Super Bowl. Whoa. People, you got to work about five lifetimes to to get a Super Bowl commercial. But obviously it's worth it. It, It's worth it. But I'll tell you what. They get the sponsors got their money's worth because I don't care if your if your commercial was at the beginning, in the middle, at the end, first quarter, second quarter, third, fourth, halftime, whatever. People were engaged because the game was still interesting. And I might cut that game off. So the advertiser. So for everybody, it w- it was good. For the people of New Orleans, they put on an outstanding they, uh, hosting. It was outstanding. It was outstanding. But but the football game itself. You got you. You just gotta love it. Now there seems to be a little bit of controversy in terms of going forward about the Ravens and this football team and how they're gonna if they're gonna pay Joe Flacco. Okay, listen, I've got some pundits out there talking about is Joe Flacco an elite quarterback? Is he in the top ten? You know, I don't know why that question is because everybody from from the time I can remember to last last week. You know, it was all about the Super Bowl. You know, shout out to Chris Carter. Finally got my homeboy into the Hall of Fame. But it was always about, okay, you're not elite. You're not real, a real elite quarterback unless you win a Super Bowl. And then they would change it up because, you know, you got Dan Marino, my man Dan. You know, you got, you know, Jim Kelly. You know, you got other guys. You know, do you really have to win a Super Bowl, you know, to be a Hall of Famer or to be considered a great quarterback? And then more recently... You know, you're talking about elite quarterbacks, but, you know, I guess you're not measured by Super Bowls. You know, so I, I think the definition about elite, we need to find another word. I want a winner. I don't care if he's a leader or not. Just Al Davis said, just win, baby. The bottom line is win the Super Bowl. That's what the goal of every player to ever play the game is about is winning the Super Bowl. So if you ask me today, who's the best quarterback? In the NFL, it's like it's like boxing. If you win the championship, you're the champ. So until somebody else beats you, you're the best. So right now, come on, the Baltimore Ravens are the world champs. So everybody on that field, you know, they're the champs. They're the best. Their defense is the best. Their offense is the best. Their special teams are the best. Their coach is the best. Their organization is the best. They're the world champs. You know, you can say what you want to say. They're the world champ. They're going to get the ring. For this year, they're the world champs. It's, it's just one year. That's all it is. It's just one year. For one year in the National Football League, they were the best team. Now, people always go with that thing again. The best team didn't win. No, I'm sorry. When the game was over, the score said they won. They had more points than the other team. They won. Joe Flacco now. It just so happens that it's contract time. Now, this is a man, there have been many people, including myself, who have rolled the dice. Except I didn't roll the dice. I'm going to tell you, all I'm going to be honest. I'm going to keep it real here because, see, we can do that on Voice America Sports. I asked for my money the year before. In my last year of my contract, I asked for my money then. 
extend my contract, give me some more money now. They didn't do it. I got hurt, you know, and so then the next year they let me go. Joe Flacco rolled the dice. Shout out to my man Byron Evans. There's some guys who, who try to do that, and, and, and Byron knows Byron, some injuries. I don't know if Byron rolled the dice or if he tried to get his money, but I know in his last year of his contract, same thing happened. That happens to a lot of people. Joe Flacco, he can be creative with his contract, but he needs to get the maximum amount of money you can get. That's all I'm saying, because when it's over, it's over. I'm telling you, you may get your pension money, but you ain't get no other money. Now, it ain't about, it's not about greed. People should stop saying that. Because I know very few people, I don't care what kind of job you work, what your profession is, very few people go to the negotiation table and they're, you know, finalizing their deal. You walk into a job, I don't care if you're an hourly, you know, pay worker or if you're signing for a salary. You go in and you're negotiating your salary. You didn't, I mean, you like to know what's the minimum. If you're an hourly pay wage, you don't want the minimum. You like to get the maximum. I think every individual that goes to work, when they sit down, their goal is to get the maximum amount of money they could get for their family. Now, understand, it's not a one-man crew. It's not a business that I know of that one man, one woman does the entire job. But when you sit down and negotiate your contract, you don't take in consideration, you know, well, man, you know what, bro? If you give me this, then milk and milk and cheese, milk and honey, they ain't gonna be able to get no. no don't I, don't give me that much. Let, let them get a little bit more so they can get some milk and honey. It don't work like that. I said it that way. It don't work like that. Exactly. Let Joe Flacco get his money. You can be creative with his contract, but the man deserves his money. Is he elite? He's got a Super Bowl ring. Aaron Rodgers got a Super Bowl ring. Got elite money. Peyton Manning got a Super Bowl ring, got to leave money. Tom Brady got a Super Bowl ring, got to leave money. These other young guys that you say may be better than them, do you not understand RG3 just got hurt? RG3 may not make it back. We don't know. That's damaged goods right now. Joe Flacco just won a Super Bowl. So I'm for Joe Flacco getting his money. Be creative in the way you structure that deal. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to talk about a beast. A beast show up on game day. A beast don't hide. You know where the beast is at. It ain't about the beauty. It's about the beast on game day. Get it done. Eat him up. Get your money. Anquan Bowden, beast, get a man his money. Be creative with the contract. Find a way. Flacco needs his receivers. I agree with that. He can't run and catch, throw the ball and do it all. He got to hand it off and throw it to some other people. A lot of times, but one of them needs to be Anquan Bolden. Guess what? Got another frat brother on the other side who needs to be catching the ball with him, too. I'm not sure, but I may have to take a break here again. Every time I want to talk about something real serious, I got to take a break. But I'm going to talk to you about beast money. Beast money. Pay Anquan. Pay. Pay Quan. I'm going to take a break. Listen to Rail Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. I'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, we're back. This is the Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. What matters to me is that, yes. A number of people watched the football game, enjoyed themselves. Some were happy, some were sad, but they watched and they enjoyed it. And they watched players play the game of football. They watched the players entertain them. The owners put on a great show. Shout out to Beyonce and Jay-Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jay-Z supported his wife. They got it. Man, it was just off the chain. Everything about the Super Bowl was just outstanding. Like Roger Goodell said, the Super Bowl, the NFL, when they do it, they do it big. Everything about the NFL, if you're going to do it, you got to do it big. If you can't do it, this is big boy ball. This is not, Pop Warner is little boy ball. High school, junior high school, that's little boy ball. This is big boy ball. If the NFL is going to do it, it's got to be big boy ball. Don't show up. If you want some little stuff, some junior league stuff, Pop Warner stuff, you can get that someplace else. This is the National Football League, big boy ball. That's how they do it. And big boys, big boys are beasts. Anquan Bolden, beast. Now, here, here, here's a problem I have. There are some people out there on some of the other shows that I've listened to and I've heard that they feel that perhaps maybe there's some people out there, I believe, uh, you know, LeBron James did it. A couple other people did it. I think Tom Brady may have done it. Uh, they compromised the amount of money they could have received for the sake, if you will, of restructuring the contract to accommodate some other people, you know, staying on the team. Now, I don't have a problem with restructuring, but there's a reason why they call it a maximum. Because that's all they can pay you. But there are very few people that 
have the, the ability and the potential to sit down at the table with an owner knowing that you're going to get paid the maximum. So in other words, I'm trying to say to you that there are only a few people that can get paid the maximum on a football team. Only a few people in the NBA who are going to get paid the max. You don't, LeBron James does not need to take an agent into his contract negotiations. Kobe Bryant in his last contract did not need to take an agent into his contract negotiations. Dwayne Wade did not need to take an agent into his contract negotiations. Tom Brady did not need to take an agent into his contract negotiations. Aaron Rodgers didn't need to take an agent into his last contract negotiation. Why? Because we knew they were deserving of the maximum. Why? Because, well, LeBron James was just the best in the game. Had not won a championship yet, but was the best in the game. It was a flip, a coin flip at that time between him and Kobe. I'm not going to say Dwayne Wade was there. Dwayne Wade was a, is an outstanding player. We'll go down as one of the greatest players. We'll be a Hall of Famer. But LeBron James, Kobe Bryant at that time a few years ago were the greatest, the best in the game. Kobe was, we can use that term, and I'm going to stop using that term good when it comes to athletes because what they, basketball, good, you're good, you're good. You're very, very good. But things we do after sports are, are the great things. I said Jim Collins, I got a little bit from good to great. But let me just say this. Right now they got a situation. And that's, that situation, of course, is, is in Baltimore. And everybody's wondering if, if Joe should be paid the big money. But part of the concern is that there's some other people there. Jacoby Jones, Anquan Bowden, those two for sure, Ed Reed. If if it just so happens that if they don't get a contract done with Joe and they franchise him, then that's that that somehow or another that franchising takes up more money towards the contract and the cap than if you go with the contract, the long term extended contract. So the question is, you know, should Joe get a long term extended contract for the maximum? Now, the only thing that could happen to Joe, and Joe would not want to, I'm telling you, Joe, it would be foolish for him to do this. You know, the only thing that could happen to Joe is, and, th and think about this. Let's say you were RG3, and you were coming out of college, and the last game of the season that you played in, you got the kind of injury that you did in the last game of the season you played in, in pros. Of course, the Washington Redskins, the playoff game, you saw what happened. Okay, so now, what do you think would happen when you when they, when they went to negotiate with you? Do you think they would give you the maximum of money? No, because you're injured, you're hurt. Okay, so let's fast forward to Joe Flacco. Joe Joe went ahead and played out his contract, and so now the contract's to the point where they're ready to negotiate, and the owners could put a franchise tag on him. And he would get top five money, maybe top three money for one year. Suppose he got hurt in that one year, like RG3 got hurt. And then next year they want to negotiate with him. Well, he's injured. They don't even know if he can make it. They don't know what's going No. Strike the iron when it's hot. You got to get it now. That's just the way this game works. That's how this business works. See, that's the problem that sometimes people who are not 
a part of the game, closely connected, intertwined, got contracts. Sometimes those people don't understand, and they look at it like everyday business. And it, it's not, it's, it's very, very cutthroat. I hate to say that, but that's the truth. And so when your time, when it presents, when the time presents itself, you have to do what you can. So right now, Anquan Bolden and Joe Flacco and Jacoby Jones, they all, what they've all done is they've, they've done the best. They played the best football at the best time of their lives. The only thing about it, Anquan's a little older. Jacoby isn't quite as old, but certainly Joe Flacco is, if, if there couldn't be a better picture painted for him because even though and here's the thing that i like about joe's situation better than everybody else's because all these people that they're talking about that perhaps maybe are better than him everybody's throwing seven other quarterbacks up there possibly better than him he might be in the top 10 okay those guys are still playing now and they played this past season and he won the super bowl so if that's the case, if they're playing now and he won the Super Bowl, what makes you think they're going to be so much better? Now you got two or three young guys, okay, so you think they're going to get better as time goes on. What do you think? You think Joe Flacco's going to get worse? The only thing about it, possibly, listen, Joe can throw the ball. His problem is not that he can't throw the ball. And he makes good decisions with the ball. He's accurate as well. He doesn't have capability, but he, he knows how to maneuver himself in the pocket. You know, he doesn't, he, well, let me just say this. He, he's not a very mobile quarterback, but he's able to buy time in that pocket and he's got a big arm. So when you take that and his football IQ, the man is, is, is intelligent when it comes to the game. He knows the game extremely well. And, and he has a sense of confidence in himself and saying, what is, they ask him the question. What do you expect in, if, if you get a, a person that plays a professional sport and you ask that person, are they the best in the game at their position? And they say, no, cut them. I don't care who it is. I, I, I just don't care. You know, the bottom line is you're supposed to feel that you're better than the next person. If you don't think you got to go, if you don't take that feel with that confidence that you don't care who they line up in front of you, he's not better than you. If you don't line up with the confidence that I don't care who they bring to take my position, he's not going to get it. Then they need to cut you because mentally you're weak. You're not in the right frame of mind. You can't play that game when you feel there's somebody over there on the other side of the ball that's better than you are. You're scared. Don't be scared. Not You can't play football scared. Joe said, no, of course I'm the best. Who's better than me? I'm not going to sit up here. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell the world that, oh, yeah, I think Tom Brady's better than I am. Oh, I I, I think, uh, you know, I think RG3 is better than I am. No, no. Give me the ball. Let me play. Line my team up. We can beat anybody. And Joe did that. And so because Joe did that, at this time, Joe's got to get paid. Now, as I said, you can be creative with these contracts. But you just saw the game that Jacoby, for the first time ever in my life, I'm going to tell you, that, i got to be honest with this. I thought three people should have stood on the stand and held up the trophy as the most valuable player. All three of those guys were the most valuable player of this game yesterday. Jacoby, I, I, I haven't seen anybody catch a touchdown pass. I mean, come, he, he, he threw some playground. But he took it back to the playground. When he caught the ball, fell on the ground, got up, whoop, whoop, whoop spin on the mat, gone. That's some playground stuff. You're not allowed to do playground stuff in the National Football League. That was video game stuff. 
Really? In the National Football League, you can really do video game stuff. See, that's what I'm, that's some Barry, since Barry Sanders, you know, that, that was some, that's some Barry Sanders kind of stuff right there, a receiver doing it. And then, and then to, to come out after halftime and just take it to the house. And of course, that'll make a sci-fi roo. Cute dog, Ray, man, he gave it up to Ray Ray too. Did the whole cute dog thing on behalf of his frat brother. Now listen, you can't, and then Anquan, see, you know what people don't understand about Anquan? Anquan's a grown ass man playing football. And you got some, some little young dudes and, and, and he's like, are you serious? You better get out. He catch a ball, turn around, look at you like, really? Man, you better get, and I ain't allowed to cuss on here. But that's what, you know what Quan be looking at? Like, come on, man. Don't, not today. You better get, I got, I'm trying to get my money. And he gets his money. It's like you trying to take the ball. They threw the, Anquan was like, they threw that ball to me. What in the, okay, I can say hell. What the hell you jumping for? They threw this, they threw it to me. Get, just don't even try. That's what you need on your team. These people right here is what ma- they do make. The Baltimore Ravens, this makeup here, the, 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 this trio of people here, they won the Super Bowl. They, those three were the most valuable. They were the try. This should have been a try most valuable player yesterday. Never in the history have I ever seen three people making. See, that's the thing about what makes Anquan a beast is Beast Boy shows up and they play Beast Boy ball in big games. See, Randy Moss, I'm disappointed. Randy, you can't play that kind of ball and no Super Bowl. You gotta play beast ball in the Super Bowl. They tackled you on the sideline and you was like, you, you were like, really? You was like, they, they gonna hit me, Randy, on the sideline. You, have you seen Adrian Peterson when somebody tried to tackle him on the sideline? You're supposed to throw him. Come on, Randy. That, that just wasn't right. You, you just said the week before you were the greatest receiver to ever play the game. And a DB gonna try to tackle you on the sideline and you ain't trying to Get him out your face because you're trying to get an extra yard because this is the Super Bowl. You you want to, man, Ricky Waters, when he did it, I respected Ricky for what he did. It wasn't the Super Bowl. This is the Super Bowl. Ain't supposed to be for who for what in the Super Bowl. You're supposed to jump up, give your body up for the for that. For that. That's for the ring. It was ring day. Ain't no other day that's ring day. Super Bowl is ring day. Randy, you supposed to cl- close it out like Ray Ray. Ray finna go out on top. You could have did it like that. You could have. He threw the ball. It was a little high. That gave you a chance to make a great, one of the greatest catches in the history of the Super Bowl. Come on, Randy. Jerry would have did that. And I was for you. Chris Carter would have did that. Chris would have went up, pulled that thing down. We'd be watching that highlight from now. We'd be watching that highlight 50 years later. If that if that was Chris Carter, ran that pattern, and guess what? When Chris would have did it, he'd have pulled it down with one of them big old hands, reached up there, grabbed it. That's how they do at the Ohio State University. That's what Chris would have done. That's Beast Boy Ball. You got to have, when you, if you're if you a dog at wide receiver, you got to have a beast attitude. That's why Anquan, they're going to find a way to keep that team together. They're going to find a way. I think I got a couple more seconds here, a couple more minutes. I got a couple more seconds. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America now. I'm into this thing. Because, see, this is how you got to be like this when you're talking about the Super Bowl because the Super Bowl is it's beast ball, baby. <laughs> we'll be right back. Beast ball.
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga race course. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum, or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All righty. This is the Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And uh, there's a couple things that I want to talk about. And, and then, of course, we're going to end this great show. Um, and it's, it's been a great show because I got a chance to, to rant about some people that I, I just admire so much for the way they approach the game, not because of me on this show. You know, it, it's great that you can see people giving their all. And you got some people that sometimes that don't give their all. And when you don't, it's, it's very obvious when a player is giving his all on the football field. And, you know, Randy Moss has been known sometimes not to give his all. And there's other times where, you know, Randy would go all out. But, I think yesterday Randy compromised himself and the team. Now, could that have made a difference? Yeah, I think it could have made a difference on that particular play because, first of all, Cat wouldn't have thrown an interception. And, and he, that's the first interception by a San Francisco quarterback in the, in the Super Bowl in five times they've been there. And it's, it's in, uh, they've been there five times before. It's six, so that would be the sixth time um, that they have been there. And that was the first time a 49er quarterback had thrown an interception. But if nothing else, he could have tipped the ball and perhaps maybe it wouldn't have been so easy for Ed Reed to catch the ball. Uh, and that's, um, you know, psychologically that does have an effect on a quarterback anytime he throws an interception. But um, let me just change a little bit. And I, I just, I, there's two things I want to talk about. I want to talk about primetime Dion. And then I want to also talk about, I want to talk about a little bit about Hakeem Noah in basketball. And, and, and he was asked to go to the locker room to change his outfit because his outfit wasn't up to the dress code and standards of the NBA. And I, I want to give a shout-out to Allen Iverson and, cause for a lot of different reasons. I think Allen may be the reason why uh, they changed and they implemented a dress code. 
because Allen Iverson was of a generation of the hip hip hop generation. I'm you know even though I'm 53 years old, you know when hip hop first started, I was a you know a younger man, a young man, and I was enjoying myself, and and so that's kind of how we dressed back then. I didn't wear my pants all low and all that kind of stuff, but still the hip hop I was very much aware and involved in enjoying that. But I, I would just say that that culture, and it's just a generation, that's all it is. It's the generation. Sometimes we, as, as adults, sometimes we might take things a little bit too far. And sometimes we might read into things. I understand that people have to be examples and, and they have to be role models. But I think that young man's a pretty good young man. I, I happen to like him a lot. And, and I think he sets a good example. He has good intentions. And he had no intention to try to offend anybody with, with what he wore. I think sometimes a rule is a rule. But then I think there's, you know, like the past interference, the game, you know, there is, you know, a little bit of leeway and flexibility in the interpretation of what's the intent. And his intent was, I don't believe, to draw attention to himself. Uh, and and so therefore, and I think his I don't think his intent was to you know to be rebellious, and that I'm, they're not going to tell me how to dress because if that was the case, when he went in the locker room, he wouldn't have came back out with uh, with a different outfit on. I think it might have just been a matter of, you know, this is what I want to wear, and presently this was more a little bit more convenient, you know, because the suit well, he had a suit obviously, but again, I understand David Stern and the NBA. I understand what they're trying to do. But this generation, this this generation of people, they they they're very very much a part of the success of the NBA. And I and I want to shout out to Allen Iverson because sometimes when people you know make a stand with who they are, it allows us to kind of think outside the box and ex the acceptance of all people. But of all people. Are going to look the same, dress the same, act the same. It's almost like they say, if everybody's thinking the same way, then nobody's thinking. And so I just, you know, let's just be a little bit careful about that. I, but I, I, I like the suits. Don't get me wrong. Because, I, you know, basketball players, they tall. They look like, you know, come on, they look like mannequins. They, they, they still flow on them the way they do. Shout out to Boyds in Philadelphia. Okay? Like, like they just step right out of Boyds. And step right out of GQ magazine. So I don't think the intent by Yannick Noah was to draw that kind of attention to where he wasn't, you know, somewhat embarrassed, but, but came back and did the right thing. Now, let me go back. Let me go to prime time to Dion. And I haven't read it all. And so perhaps maybe I might be, you know, I'm, I, I, I should read all of the information. I should read the entire article. But I was told, and I just got a glimpse, that, that Dion perhaps maybe thinks that not everybody who's out there that's a part of these concussion suits, you know, has really, you know, well, let me just say this. Let me go back and say it this way. He said that people are looking, there's some people looking for a paycheck. And I, you know, I find that so somewhat surprising uh, that Dion would say that, uh, particularly with the fact that there there have been at least two, three, four guys that I know that have taken their lives 
as a result of scientific proof that they suffered from long-term effects of head trauma, lingering effects of concussions, and CTE. I would be a little bit more respectful if I didn't know that these individuals who are part of this lawsuit, if I didn't know their history, just as I said, I can't, I can't really speak to everything Deion said because I didn't read everything. But certainly to say that somebody's looking for a paycheck and you don't know, then I don't think you should say that. And maybe he's not speaking to everybody. Maybe he might be speaking to some people. But the fact of the matter is, there is a law out there, and le- this is something that's happening in the court of law. And in the court of law, the court of law will decide who qualifies and who doesn't qualify. And if anybody qualifies, I think they're deserving of whatever they're awarded. If they don't qualify, then they don't get it. It's no different than a few other things. Just because it becomes money, there's a lot of times people line up and they get in line and they find out, hey, man, do you, do you man, I don't know, get in line, find out. You, you, you ever did that before? What they giving away? What they got? What you going to do? I, man, get in line, find out, go on in there, they tell you. Go in there and see. Check it out and see. Anybody, I'm telling you, anybody who ever stepped on the football field and you ever got rocked one time, and all of a sudden you don't know where you at, what hit you, how it hit you. I can tell you, I got rocked one time in Chicago. I got rocked in my, so bad I went to the sideline cussing the special teams coach out for the simple reason is the man that hit me wasn't the man that they, not, not according to the way we planned. That wasn't the man that was supposed to hit me. Somebody else was supposed to hit me. So all I'm asking you, Prime, and I respect you, one of the greatest that ever played the game, probably the greatest corner, you know, to play the game. I got a lot of love for my boy Frank Minifield and Hanford Dixon. Certainly, they're the best tandem. But, you know, these are members of your fraternity. And and I, I just think that you should be for them rather than speak against them. And I'm not sure, like I said, I got some more research to do. And I'm going I'm to look at the entire quote. But to say guys line up to get a paycheck, that's a little disrespectful, Prime. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that that's the way you want to put it out there. You might want to rethink that. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, handling my business. You make sure you handle yours. It's Black History Month. Don't forget it. Respect one another. Black and white, we can all get along. I'll be back. I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.